Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Robert Lane Creative Careers Podcast, the podcast about creativity and making a living in the arts. This episode of the podcast features a conversation with British singer-songwriter Reg Muros. Before we get into my chat with Reg, I'd like to just play you a bit of this. Listening, hear me, I may not pass this way again. Begin at the beginning, you were here to pass the time. The sound of a sleeping city made you feel alive. A thousand hearts and Karen, afraid to meet you right. A single point of reference that you were trying to find. Though it was all you had, you were still sad. You never will look back. You never had to hide. That's a sample of my new song, Listen In, which has been released on the 1st of August. Now, I would really appreciate it if you could pre-save the song on whatever streaming platform you use. And you can find out information about how to do that on my website at robertlaymusic.co.uk. It would also be amazing if you could share the information about the song with everybody that you know so that more people can get to hear it. And the same for the podcast as well. Like, share, subscribe, do all of those things because the algorithms like it. But the main thing is just spread the word if you like, by the traditional methods of telling people about it. Information about all of this stuff, as I say, is on my website at robertlanemusic.co.uk. Thank you so much. Here's my conversation with Reg Muros. Hi, Reg. How are you? Hi, Robert. Very good. Thank you. Very hot. Very warm, isn't it? We're in the... Yeah. It always gets you when they say the hottest day of the year so far. It's like, well, that's no surprise. It gets further into summer, surely. Is that is that what it is? Is it the hottest day? So so they say in certain areas. You're down okay. in Somerset, so are you basking in sunshine at the moment? Yeah, yeah, it's blazing. How about you? Yeah, so we're in Birmingham and we were in a friend's garden this afternoon. And I'm glad, oh, okay. glad there was a bit of shade because it's once it gets to about 28, 29, I'm happy as long as there's shade or a swimming pool, one or the other. Mm. <laughs> we had the one. Okay. Um, and how have things been going then? Would you have been out touring at the moment under normal circumstances? Yeah, I've got a new album, uh, Raw, R-A-W, Raw, and um, I would be out touring that. Um, I'm sure I'd be up your way at some point. Uh, but that all stopped in March, I think March the 14th in London. Green Note was my last gig. Um, and that was it, you know, uh, all done. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, we're just uh, desperately trying to save the gigs that we do have. Uh, it's just a festival season now, of course, as well. Yeah. So we'd be out, we'd be doing, um, uh, I had a whole load of festivals lined up and they've all gone. So, uh, but, you know, nobody's doing them and uh from what i can tell uh, what i've read um it's not looking that promising for venues opening um 
you know, they can open pubs and people can fall over each other in pubs, but they're not allowed to go and sit in, you know, couple of seats apart in a in a venue for some reason so how they figure that one out who knows <laughs> it's a mystery so do you have from your point of view any kind of a an idea or an inkling when it might be that shows will start up again or are you just still in the uh, not really uh, not really to be honest i'm i'm having a, a very creative time at the moment i'm i'm working on a um I've got a couple of projects on the go. Uh, one I've been awarded a bursary for a project I've been doing for a couple of years now about um, slavery in the West Country. Um, so, uh, the, well, the slave trade in the West Country. And uh, just before the lockdown, I got awarded a bursary for it. Um, I, I don't think I could tell you who by at the moment because uh, as soon as uh, the lockdown occurred, it um, it you know everything stopped mm -hmm. so so we haven't had official uh permission to uh, announce it yet but uh um and so i'd done quite a lot of research on that already on on uh slavery you know slaves who'd been brought to the west country uh colston particularly who who um whose statue just came down last week um and all of that stuff. And also I've had a, another project I've been doing for a couple of years now with Pete Townsend. I, I, he commissioned me to do a, uh, a, do a song cycle based on the life of Woody Guthrie. Well, it, originally it was, uh, it was originally based on the, the song Deportees that Woody Guthrie wrote oh. uh, about the Los Gatos air crash in 1948, where 28 Mexican migrant workers were killed. Uh, when they were being deported back to Mexico and they weren't um, they weren't named and Woody's uh, objection to that was uh, because they hadn't been named he 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 wrote the song the protest song deportees and uh, um, then more recently a, a Hispanic American author wrote a book called and all they will call you which is a line from the song um, naming them and Pete saw this book and said would you be interested in doing the you know writing some songs about it and so i said about doing that and then that kind of it morphed into uh the the story of woody guthrie so now we have a i have a director on board and a um a, a soundscape artist uh, not not so much he is a composer but he's uh he's basically doing the soundtrack and we're working on a um on a production for of that so that's and that's that's uh uh that's taken on a whole new speed, you know, moved up a gear since this, because we've all had time, you know, the directors sat at home uh, with, with little to do. And likewise with the sound guy who's uh, um, so we've been able to move along quite, quite quickly on that. And uh, um, that's looking, it's looking likely that we'll have most of the, all this, pretty much all the songs are written now, um, but we can't go into the studio until, uh, until it's safe, uh, but I'm hoping that's going to be in the next month or so. Um, I've written all the songs, so now we're working on the script and uh, and just putting the whole production together. Um, and uh, and I've been doing my um, Sunday afternoon jukebox, uh, which is you know, and I've, I've done a few concerts. Uh, Sunday afternoon jukebox. We just came up with this idea of getting people to request songs, so I could, I can, you know, I sit in this room here where I am now, and uh, I've got a microphone and stuff. So it's a, you know, a kind of 
minor concessions to professionalism <laughs> and uh um and i sit here and i and i do requests uh, i do they request my songs and i do them and i've done 10 of those now and i think they're they're all on youtube i think they've all been downloaded onto youtube and uh um and i've done several concerts i've done a green note concert i did a, a song swap with finley napier uh, from glasgow uh i did the oxford festival um uh, I did a David Hall special, which is a, 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 a you know save the music venues yeah. initiative. Have you seen this? Yeah, I did. I did, a, I did a couple of yeah. the online shows for a few venues for that as well. Great initiative. Yeah, I did one of those for a local venue. Um, so so it's been a busy time, and you know I've been writing a bit, and uh, and you know today I've been sat out in the sun uh, learning about the uh, the history of the star spangled banner the american anthem and the inherent racism in that <laughs> what no surprises there yeah. uh, uh in the verse in the third verse which nobody ever sings anymore so uh, that's very interesting um so so i've been busy really uh, i mean I, I i i i i'm a little bit worried about not doing gigs because i i realized the other day um I had to do a gig. I did this this music venues gig and it was a proper, you know, what we're doing now, a proper Zoom thing. And I've got, there's a guy at the end of the road who's got a studio. Uh, it's actually a church at the end of the road. They've got mm. a studio. And they said, look, you know, uh, they asked me to do a song for them. And I had a song about St. Martin and, and I, I donated the song and they put it up on their thing. And he said, look, whenever you want to use our studio, just come in. And um, so I, uh, I went up there and I did a proper gig. I did two 45-minute sets, you know, and we had the whole audience up there in the little thumbnails and stuff like that. And I realized that when you're not, you know, when you're not, I'm normally out every week, you know, not not all the time, but I, pretty much every week I have some gigs. And, and you know, your, your muscles are working, your memory muscles are working. And as soon as you stop doing that, you know, you start to... You know, people say, well, how do you how do you remember all those songs? How do you remember all those words? The way you remember them is by association. You know, it's by doing it. It's by just going out, saying, I'm going to sing Lizzie Love the Highwayman, and you start singing Lizzie Love the Highwayman. That's the way it works. But you leave that for three months, you know, a couple of months or something, and it's a whole different story, you know. Uh, so, uh, so I'm, you know, I need to get back out there and get the old muscle working again. I remember this. Um, uh dylan uh pete townsend uh, well actually this thing came up on on facebook or something and uh uh supposedly uh dylan and townsend had this conversation about about that about remembering you know and stuff like that and actually because i've been working with pete and i've actually known him quite a long time i was able to check <laughs> i was i was able to, to call him up and i and i said look it, did this really happen with you and dylan and he said he said yeah he said um we were standing in a queue, like a meeting, some dignitaries or something like that. And uh, and I said to Bob, I said, uh, why are you on the road all the time? You know, why do you do it all the time? You don't need to. You know, mm. you uh, you know, you're a rich man. You've 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 done more than ten lifetimes worth of creativity. You've put it out there. You know, you've you've done your bit. And uh, so, why are you doing it? And he said, Well, I'm a folk singer. He said, I'm a folk singer and a folk singer has to remember, you know, has a lot of stuff to remember. And the way that I remember is by being out there doing the gigs, you yeah. know, and if I, if I stop doing the gigs, I'll, 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 st I'll stop remembering these songs. So, you know, whether that was a, just a Dylan-esque type, uh, you know, slightly veiled answer or not, I don't know. But, but Pete said, he said that quite genuinely, that was his thing. You know, he, 
he wants to keep the old muscles working, you know. Mm. And this period for me is certainly a sort of, it's an enforced existential crisis, isn't it? If you're not out playing shows or doing the things that you normally do, there's an element of, well, what am I then? And speaking to a few people for this, it's, it's really interesting because nobody should be just one thing. So it shouldn't just be that you're going out playing shows. So writing songs, doing different things, even if it's just having the time off and spending time with the family is still really mm. useful and potentially can make you better as a creative as well. Cause you, you need to live in those in between bits. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think, um, I think creativity kind of runs in your blood in a way. It certainly does in mine, you know, in, in the sense that, uh, that it, it's part of the health, you know, it's part of my health it, it is to, is to do what I do, you know, to, mm. to be creative, to go out on the road, to sing, get up and show off, you know, and do whatever, whatever it is I happen to be doing at the time. Uh, all of that is part of, it's who I've become, whether I was that, whether I was born that, I don't know, but uh, um, it's certainly who I've become. And it's, it's not only the way I make my living, but it's the way, it's a way I function as a, as a, like you say, you know, as, as a human being, I, I, I function in, in this, in, with this kind of creative vein running through me. And, uh, um, if I don't do it, i I do feel, uh, you know, you know, people talk about the healing, uh, benefits of creativity. And I, and I totally believe in that. I totally believe in that. I, you know, I've, I've, I've written songs to get myself down, to get myself out of situations, to get myself, my head straight, you know, and I've, I've written stuff, you know, not always songs, maybe just words, just, just, just writing to, to kind of, to, 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 to restore a balance, you know, and, uh, and, I, and that does, that definitely works for me. And, uh, and, and other people I know, you know, I mean, I think most people I know who are serious about, you know, who are, uh, who, who do this for a living, uh, I think have that kind of need to function in that way, you know? Um, so there's, you know, so there's no way, I, I guess it would be different if you were, if you were an actor who depended on a, on a cast, you know, and a script and a theater or a, or a, you know, song and dance man in a, in a chorus line or something like, you know, something like that. That's going to be, different i guess you know i guess then you get out to the gym and you do your workout or whatever i don't know but uh but for me uh i'm just having this prolonged period where where i you know i write more i think more i study more i research more and uh, so i'm still kind of you know i'm still wending my way on the on the same path it's just uh, but i but i i'm getting slightly scared about the lack of gigs because i i do kind of need to do that too you know yeah, it's going to be. Might a... end up playing in a car park. I see that people are starting. <laughs> they're doing these kind of drivings, aren't they? Yeah, like everyone in their gear. car, and yeah, it's an interesting mm. one. Um, well, with Pete Townsend being one of my great heroes, I'm going to have to do it. I'm afraid and ask how it comes about that connection, and you get to the point where one of the greatest songwriters of the 20th century is asking you to write songs for him. Um, well, I, I met him many years ago. I met him. Uh, uh i met him through my family really uh he was a um he 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 got to know my wife's family uh, my wife's family my uh, my uh father-in-law was in manfred man uh mike vickers and uh so my wife jackie is a uh, daughter of mike vickers um we ended up doing some at the time Jackie's mum, who was also a singer and a songwriter, 
uh, we live all lived in London, and we were we got asked to join this band to do this Ronnie Scott's residency, and uh, the keyboard player was Rabbit, who's uh, the Texan keyboard player with the Who, and it was for thirty years. And uh, through Rabbit, we met Pete, and then Pete got to know the family, and and so I've kind of known him ever since, and uh, and not you know not that we go and hang out and spend the night and that sort of thing but we just kind of know each other and he's been very supportive and uh of my career and uh and uh, you know um you know i'm proud to say he 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 likes what i do you know he's he he obviously has some faith in the work that i do and stuff like that and he supported me he's let me use his studio he's you know he's helped out in lots of ways and uh and so when it, I think, um, and I think he's always seen this kind of connection with what I do, uh, especially in recent years, because I've done these solo albums. I did a trio of solo albums. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a, a heavy nod to that, to that kind of the Woody Guthrie and the Dil- Dylan, you know, solo articulate songwriters, I suppose. That's, that's kind of what I grew up with, you know, um, people like paul simon bob dylan james taylor you know um all those all those 60s singer songwriters and uh i uh i that's kind of where i look to you know um source if you like it's kind of you know i i i i've always i've done i've done all the big productions i've done all that i've been with emi i've been with warner brothers you know i've had i had my big record deals and had the kitchen sink thrown at everything you know and uh i've come full circle and now what really really interests me is is the song you know and the ability to deliver a song on my own you know completely on my own and uh to write a song perform the song and i and i think um that was kind of essence of of that era Mm. and and for me is the kind of essence of songwriting in a way you know i mean if you know if uh leonard bernstein can sit down and sing maria on the piano on his own and that that song can blow your mind then you know that is why that song is a piece of genius i think if you can do that um you know all that other stuff is lovely you know if you're into arrangements and all that and I, and I love it you know i'm not saying I'm ne- i'll never do songs and arrangements again but i i i i've got to this point in my career now where the thing for me is uh just just playing the song you know just delivering the song and just communicating those thoughts and ideas you know one-to-one if you like and uh and i think pete um Pete sees that, you know, he's, he's a, you know, if you know, you know, you know, his work, then you'll know he's a very intelligent, uh, articulate man, you know, with, with very, very strong political uh, views and, and stuff. And he, um, and I guess he sees something in me that, that, that he feels is worth, worth supporting, you know, and, uh, um, he, he chose me for the job. I guess there's a lot of other people he could have chosen, you know, uh, but i'm 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 glad glad that he chose me i mean it hasn't been easy you know it's it's been it's it's a, it's a tricky one you know woody guthrie is the more you look into it the more uh you know his um his reach was far and wide mm. you know and, and although he wasn't a big influence in his lifetime you know now the uh the he touches so many different areas of, of American, not just American politics, but racism and sexism and, you know, all of these things that, that are, you know, are, are big, big things, big stories and always will be big human stories. Woody was, 
they're right at the heart of all that and uh so we're kind of uh we're discovering all sorts of different things all new things about woody and uh and um you know pete is uh he's great i i i love him you know he's a great he's a he's a good friend and he's a he's a good person to have on your side you know um you know works out fantastic that uh just interesting then you're talking about you've had the big productions and the kitchen sink and all that stuff through mm. that period performing live were you still a solo act or was the would you have had situations where you had bands behind you because i wonder how uh, much yeah. that the performance when you're doing the solo thing how much that has informed the movement to wanting your albums to sound like that as well i've i've always been a singer songwriter you know since uh since i've played my first club, folk club when i was 15 you know i've always that's essentially what i've been i was in a uh when I did the pop stuff, I, I, a couple of the things I did, I was in a duo. Um, so we were kind of a band, you know, um, but I think, and then, you know, for a while I worked with Hank Wangford's band, you know, in a country band. And, and, and really that was just a kind of a, that was something to keep, keep the wages coming in really, you know, and keep me on the boards. And while I worked out what I was going to do, I suppose. And, uh, so always I enjoyed playing with the band, but I always found, that um i my best gigs my best uh the most pleasure i get from performing is being on my own you know because nothing beats that that sense of uh that uh, that ability to control you know and to not control is the wrong word it sounds manipulative but to to influence um the the style and the energy of your performance you know and to, to and and the quality of the communication that you have with people you know i've built up a good following now i have a, I have a good audience and we have a you know i have a database of uh, lots of you know i do songwriting workshops i have people come to those and and you know there's a lot of people out there who are kind of part of what i do you know and um and I like I like the relationship I have with them. It's it's a good relationship. It's uh, and it, it and it's much easier to build something like that on your own. I think. I mean, I say on my own. I, I've got a fantastic manager, Katie Whitehouse, who you've probably been in touch with. And Katie is, uh, you know, really good at making that move, making mm-hmm. that that keeping that um, keeping me connected and and telling me the right things to do you know i don't i don't think i would be able to do this on my own no i would certainly i'd be able to do the performance on my own obviously yeah. but i wouldn't be able to maintain this whole social media thing you know all this kind of stuff the business of it and she's really good at that so so we're a good team you know and we're able i'm, I'm able to um and i you know i, I know lots of great musicians and, and it's always tempting uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of fabulous folk musicians and all sorts, and it's always tempting to say, oh, you know, it'd be great to have Phil Beer and playing fiddle on this, you know, and um, Jackie Oates or, you, you know, and, 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 but you kind of have, sometimes you just have to hold yourself back, you know. And well, the, the first of the solo albums I did was a real, it was a revelation for me because uh, somebody said to me, look, uh, everything um almost always i see you play you're on your own you know and yet whenever i buy an album there's all these lovely musicians all over it do you have anything with just you on it you know that that sounds exactly like what i just heard there on stage and you know weird thing is it hadn't really even occurred to me that i i 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It, it hadn't occurred to me because when I'm up there playing, I'm up there playing. I'm not thinking about you know, the, 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 this lacks fiddle or it lacks cello or it lacks bass and drums. You know, I don't think about that at all. And 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 so I thought, well, you're right. You know, I I, I ought to do that. You know, and I ought to do it for me really. And I, the first album I did was an album called December, um, as part of this solo trilogy. And I I thought, well, I I, I bought. Uh, I haven't got it with me, but I've I've got um I bought this microphone. I've uh, had it had it for a long time, it's a condenser microphone, and I'd had it for about ten years, and I'd never used it. And I had this beautiful Martin guitar, uh, this my old Martin, um, uh, which is away at the moment, but it's a 1944 017 Martin guitar, and I'd found it in America. It's a long story. I got it all be, uh, restored and and everything. And I thought, well, now's what better time, you know, to to be solo than now. And so. I, I decided that as a as a kind of a, a thank you to all the people who enabled me to get this guitar because it wasn't it was quite a complicated procedure. Uh, I would I would make an album for them. So I, I I kind of said that publicly and I wrote I wrote this album December. I wrote the whole thing in a week, and I recorded it in two sessions, uh, two two hour sessions, so about four hours. I recorded the whole album. And there's birds tweeting on it, and there's doors closing, and there's coffee cups, you know. And there's uh, one one of the songs I didn't even have a tune to. I I, I I I was driving up to London to record it with my mate Roy, who I'd done all my albums with, and um, I, I I thought I've got this work. I wanted something kind of. I knew the lyrically what I wanted to, for the album, but I didn't know what the tune was. I thought oh, that's all right. I just I just play that kind of C A minor F G thing. You know what I mean? The, like the four chord trick. And I did. And, you know, and I use this as a, a thing in songwriting now in workshops and stuff like that. I just started playing the sequence, you know, and started singing over the top and I got to the end and that was it. <laughs> and that's the song, you know, and uh, and, you know, I don't mean to denigrate or, or de- denigrate the songs in any way. I mean, it, the, all the energy was there. But this this was a it was a it was a concentrated effort to try and be as pure as possible, you know, to actually just deliver what I do. You know, I'm lucky to have a decent voice. I'm lucky to be able to strum a guitar. I'm lucky to, you know, to have this ability to put words together, you know, so let's just do it. And and so I did, you know, and I did, and that was the first one and, and it was, I got the most fantastic reviews, you know, and uh, so I thought, well, I'll do, I'll do a trilogy. So I did, I did three. And I'm done now. <laughs> and what will the next project? <laughs> so apart from the stuff you'd mentioned <clears throat> for a, a solo project, would you go in the same way again? Or are you going to try something different? I think that I, I'm not sure. I think I think the next album, I think I might have done my solo albums now. And I think I think maybe the next album might be a bit more um, produced. Mm. You know, uh, I've got some ideas. I've got I've got stuff written and uh, um, there's people, you know, I've got ideas and and there's opportunity studio opportunities and stuff like that. So I haven't I haven't got any fixed plans at the moment. So I don't want to I don't want to sort of hex it by uh, you know Same giving you. too much away. But <laughs> but I th- I think I think it's probably going to be a band album the next one. And you know I do love bass and drums. You know I love I love that sound and and um, so yeah I think just 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 for balance. You know and isn't it great to have that freedom? Like I imagine there's not particularly yeah. anybody saying to you you now have to do a record that sounds like this that worked last time please do it again it's up to you i would guess 
yeah it is and uh you know this is one of the great advantages of not having been impeded by too much success you know is, <laughs> that, is that uh is that you uh you can decide what you want to do and um you know and i find doing this request show has been a real revelation because mm. uh i've had people requesting stuff that i'd never even i'd even for, forgotten i did those songs you know and i've done 13 14 albums now and and uh um and it was great that, that the request came from from every album right across the board you know so it, this kind of it seems like there's something for everybody there and um you know i'm not going to go and do the orchestra thing but uh but i i would like to do something more arranged and I, I suppose as much as anything to kind of to stretch myself you know because uh, I, I like arranging stuff and I, I I'm, I'm proud of the stuff I've done in the past where I've done arrangements and, uh, and 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 you know things like that and so I think it'd be interesting to do that I, th I think I to be honest I think the next album is probably going to be the album of the Woody Guthrie project which is uh, it's called Fire and Dust by the way um, so I'm going to be doing that with Pete and I'm probably going to be, well, we've actually recorded some songs already at his studio. He's got several studios. He's got a lovely studio in Oxfordshire and uh, um, we'll probably get the band in and record the rest of the album there. Um, and so that will probably be the next release, I think. Wonderful. And you'd mentioned, um, is that the same project, sorry, with the director and the... Mm -hmm. so is that going to be a live, dust, yeah yeah that going to be a live performance if we can do those or uh, stage production or filmed or something yeah else? uh well uh you know realistically at the moment we're talking about kind of audio because uh we're talking about podcasts and uh and you know wireless uh you know sort of bbc bbc or something like that and i and i think more than anything because it, it, it at the moment is it's doable you know we don't know when theaters are going to reopen and uh, even when they do we don't know how how keen um uh promoters are going to be to actually you know put on shows whether they're going to have the money who knows you know i i think that's uh that's a force that we can't control whereas, whereas we can control the podcast you know we can we can record it we know we can do that we can yeah. so i think the first stage is going to be i'm not saying it will be a podcast it might it might be a radio series where this this also depends we've also got people interested in new york uh because you know woody's american story and all that and i went out there last year to meet some people so you know, once they get involved, who knows? It could, go, you know, how it could go. You know, it might end up on Broadway. That would be great. Um, but uh, initially, initially, what we're going to do, I think, is we're going to record. We're going to record it as a song cycle. So there will be a narration. There'll be a narrative running all the way through from beginning to end. Whether this is in series or not, I don't know. But uh, and then there will be all the songs. There's something like sixteen songs and. Um, four of them, four or five of them are Woody's. And then there's my, all the rest I've written. Uh, you know, you can't do a Woody show without this land is your land. So, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's key, key songs in there as well. So we'll get the whole thing recorded, uh, you know, while we're in this kind of state of limbo, I suppose. And then, and then we'll see, but definitely, uh, the goal, if you like, is to produce a touring show. 
you know, so whatever we produce on the way, whether it's, you know, we might produce some audio, radio, uh, podcast, whatever, but the end, end goal is a, is a stage show. So, you know, uh, probably not with actors, probably, uh, with a, ba- a live band and some kind of narrator, possibly, you know, um, possibly guest narrators. We've got all sorts of ideas for it. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll look mm. forward to that. That sounds great. Um, mm. and that's a project that was already happening. Um, in the lockdown, has it provided you an opportunity to think of things that you might not have been doing otherwise? So are there projects that have come up that are, are brand new or something that you've had on the back burner for a while? Um, well, there has been one 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 lovely surprise has been uh, a collaboration I've been doing with Harbottle and Jonas. I think, did you have them on? Do you, have you done a show with them? No, okay. No. Well, uh, David Harbottle and uh, was it David Jonas and Frey Harbottle, who, who are a couple, and they they have a duo Harbottle and Jonas, and they're they're also they're, they're in the same agency as me with Katie uh, from the White House, and they uh, I just um, I sent them a folk song, you know, and I I, I I I've known you know I've grown up with folk songs, you know that's kind of I, I've never done trad folk stuff really mm. uh, but I've grown up with it you know and I've studied of course you know I've songs are what I do you know so I've, I've studied folk songs and and I've listened to folk singers you know one of my uh, great heroes is Martin Carthy and a good friend you know and I love Martin and and uh, and you know I've learned a lot from what he does you know and Nick Jones another friend you know just from from what they from what they do and uh, the the energy of, of what they do is you know phenomenal for me as as powerful as any of the American stuff mm-hmm. you know the Hank, Hank Williams who I love as well and those kind of people um, and I I started to play around with some folk songs and I and I sent one to Katie and she said oh well maybe we can get David and Freya to to do something with it you know and Freya plays keyboards and concertina and uh, uh stuff and um and David seems to play all sorts of string instruments and and we did uh, I think the first one we did was Lord Franklin which has always been one of my favorite songs you know since I since I first heard music you know uh John Renborn's version of Lord Franklin and um so we did that and it was lovely you know they did a, they did this you know they kind of uh they took my i did it i recorded it on video just on my phone i sent it to them and then they stuck themselves in two more Great. compartments you yeah. know on the screen and we did it like i can we'll watch after i'll show you them later and uh um and we did lord franklin and i thought well that's nice you know that's kind of interesting i think i did that one on the dulcimer i played appalachian dulcimer and then we did a couple more and and they work really well and the latest one we've done is she moved through the fair which has got phenomenal uh response we've had twelve thousand uh plays in four days you know it's uh it's been really successful and 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 it's been a, a revelation to me uh the reason i've never done traditional songs is because i i'm a songwriter you know i i i think you're are you a songwriter yeah. you are aren't yeah. you so you kind of know what that feels like you know you know that kind of that sense of uh, this being a, a part of you and something you're delivering, you, you know, something unique to you. So doing other people's songs has always been a bit, uh, it's always been a bit of a, like a, a, like a hobby, feels like a hobby to me, you know, something I can do, I can do, but I don't particularly choose to, but I, c- I can do it, you know? So, um, and 
with trad songs it's always been a bit like that i've always found them a bit too archaic and uh you know a bit too kind of removed and then i found that playing these songs i could get i could get really engaged with them you know if i if i kept doing it and if i, if I picked the right song and like something like she moved through the fair and i did uh, uh and lord frankly you know if i really if i really worked at it and getting engaged with it as if it was one of my songs i could i could really communicate connect with it you know and uh i thought oh, i'm enjoying this you know and 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 it's been very much a lockdown thing because i don't normally have the kind of patience uh to do that i i, I would normally I'd, I'd i'd be i'd be out in the van i'd be up the road i'd be yeah. in birmingham yeah. doing a gig you know and and i oh i haven't got time for that but now because i've got oh day after day after day after day and i you know I've cleared the chalet out in the garden you know and i can sit out there and i can play away and and um and it's been really a real revelation it's been really fun to do so i that's definitely something i can i can honestly say i'm 100 percent sure that wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for this lockdown so so i'm really grateful for that and and you know we're getting to we're getting to an album's worth of material now so you know um there may be a, a reg does folk <laughs> album in the in the offing i I've, I've noticed something really interesting i don't know if you've noticed this but uh, when you go to youtube you know because uh david has put these on youtube you can see these songs on youtube so uh see the videos and uh um there's like seven you know seven thumbs up yeah and there's always one thumbs down <laughs> there's somebody out there <laughs> Who's taking somebody the time. out there yeah who's taking the time <laughs> thinking, i don't like this reg muir's doing folk thing uh uh, but you know what what is really interesting is that uh, because i've been doing this research into um uh slavery and stuff like yeah. that and uh, you know and slave issues and i found things you know like like horrendous stories and uh um uh you know somebody doing a like a podcast i suppose about about slavery talking about a particular issue how bad it was how awful it was and everything mm. like that and you get like a hundred thousand likes and then there's about you know two or three thousand dislikes and i find that a bit sinister you know when you when you're saying something you know when you're when you're presenting somebody with a story which is clearly wrong you know clearly bad you know we all see it now with the black lives matter thing you know it's clearly there is there is so much um criminality and 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 there's there's so much wrong about what's happened here and and you still get people saying dislike dislike yeah. i think oh dear oh dear you know those people are out there somewhere i find that really i find that really worrying well that's definitely the case i mean it'd be interesting to sort of um talk about how things have changed in general sort of as, as, as an independent musician over the the years but particularly the whole social media thing so like i don't have a a huge reach or following on, on any of those things but the bits where i've dipped my toe into them and if you do more of it you'll get more of that kind of thing like it just seems it's just part of the part of the game if you like you'll get the the trolling. i mean i made the mistake of asking a genuine question of some trump supporters a few weeks ago Oh dear. And that was really? a that was um that was an interesting couple of hours because they kind of just <laughs> proved that they're gonna they're gonna support the guy, whatever whatever is said. And yeah. you know, it for me it's the binary nature of it. You think this or you think that, and we must be enemies therefore. There's no kind of yes but sort of debate in the middle ground. And there are so many debates that we should be having now that are nuanced. 
the statues, um, how history is taught, these things are, are beyond ripe for conversation. But they can't mm. really be binary conversations, I don't think. You know, certainly there's certain areas where we need to we need to be able to talk about them. And I guess social media perhaps isn't the best way for that. Well, I, I, you know, you touched on the, the statues there. I, I actually think that's wrong. I, 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 I think, uh, you know, there's a there's a group I became aware of a couple of years ago in Bristol called Colston Aware, which I think is much makes a lot more sense because their 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 job, they're, what they they're trying to do, is to keep the statue of Colston there. But not, you know, not underneath. Well, what a great bloke he was! Gave all this money to the city. Rich man, wasn't he great? Didn't he build our schools and our hospitals? But say, but at the cost of, yeah. you know, eighty eighty thousand black lives. Yeah, you know, he built this city, and and that that that's what that's what their mission is: is to make people because you can't. I think it's I think it's fundamentally wrong to try and erase history. You can't you shouldn't do that. Whatever it is, Holocaust, you know, you name it, you shouldn't. It it, it has to be remembered. It's part of who we are. You yep. know, it's part, you know, and it helps us to understand why we are where we are now, why there is such thing as the BNP, why why there is such thing as the, the Lib Dems, you know, it, it, all of this stuff makes sense because of our history and our history is really important. And um, so I think I think to make people, you know, keep that statue of Baden Powell, I think that, you know, they've, they've taken tried to take that away. But let people know who he was, yeah. you know, let people know that Colston built his empire. He built Bristol. Yes, he built almshouses, hospitals, uh, schools. You know, he looked after uh, the poor. He, he got people off the streets. He did fantastic things in Bristol. But everything, all of his money came from the misery of black people, you know, and that that is important to know and and by knocking the statue off and chucking it in the river you you're making it you're you're, you're obscuring those facts you know and, and you shouldn't be do, obscuring them. you should be making them clearer the clear way to do it is to have i think they they what they wanted to do was get the, the council to rewrite the, the the inscription you know and say this is this is why colston mm. and then people can go up to and say oh look look he was a slave trader you know he was a he was a bad guy but he did some good things and then they can make their own mind up for it and and you know the the, the, the problem with that i think the 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 the, the stick in the wheel was, was the council you know the council took so bloody long you know, oh, got you know, got past that through this department and that department. You know, yes. and 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 you know, if only that 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 bureaucratic machinery could work better. You know, then then I think that that statue would still be there, and you'd have the information there for kids and for all people to learn. You know, and I think that that that's how it should be. I don't I don't believe in destruct. You know, it's like the destruction of the monuments in Thailand and you know the Buddhas and and all that stuff. Horrible, horrible you know horrible to do all that and, mm. um i don't think it's right to do that i think uh you know and i'm not i'm not siding with colston you know i'll make that clear but i i'm saying that i think it's i think it's important that the, the facts are there for everybody to know and as you say it, you know it's our history but not only that it's our present and our future as well so much in society mm. i mean the whole black lives matters movement has inspired me to to, I'm an, I've an interest in history, but it's inspired me to look at some history I don't know that well. So as you mentioned mm. about the, the Star Spangled Banner, but just the mm. fact that the Constitution itself kind of makes this play to be about democracy and freedom. 
but it always had this massive however <laughs> in yeah. there, which, yeah. you know, you yeah. don't see on face value, but when you, it makes so much sense with the way that things are when you know that little bit of history. But it's yeah, not a bit of absolutely. history that is widely promoted, I guess, for quite obvious reasons. Mm. Well, you know, uh, I mean, with with it's interesting. I don't know if you know that Woody Guthrie, you know, his his uh, his landlord was Trump's father. Uh, you know, which is uh, who he called Old Man Trump, <laughs> and uh, an Old Man Trump was a was a. Uh, a a, a raging racist and bigot and you know he was a terrible man and he got both him and and his son donald um got arrested for uh what was it i can't remember what the actual phrase was but it's sort of like um uh miss miss uh managing you know they were they were they were given contracts to build houses you know and and they and they 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 barred native americans for instance you know they barred black people uh which which were all uh which were all um contrary to to the laws that governed those systems but they managed to get around them you know and and this is how trump built his empire yeah you know there's no surprise is it really that you know when you hear that it's no surprise and i think it, it it's really important you know a fact like that you know where does this guy come from where does his power come from where does his money come from you only have to look as far back as woody guthrie you know and you see there you see his dad is a landlord who who, who has these horrendous policies you know and racist policies and and uh, you know, it all fits. It all fits into place, and just makes sense of so many things. Mm. Doesn't it? Mm. Um, could we mention then? You talked about the songwriting workshops, and something mm. I have a particular interest in is the way that creativity in the arts gets used in education. So, how did it, it come about doing those workshops, and what is the kind of context of those, and who are you working with when you do them? Well. I got asked initially to do some, I did some schools and some university. I did a, I did some work at the, um, uh, uh, for the, the Durham University for the, you know, the folk um, degree uh, with Alistair Anderson. And, and, um, and I'd done a few uh, schools and colleges and stuff and just done one day as, and then um, Katie, who's now my manager, was running a company called the London Song Company, which um, organised seminars, workshops all over the country, uh, and um, I I got asked to to go and be a guest facilitator there, and uh, and we just got on really very well, and um, I, I I enjoy doing it, and 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 it's kind of built from there really. I've uh, I do one I I'll do one hour workshops at festivals, you know, just get people in the tent and and then just talk about songwriting and you get people coming with their guitars and with their notes and with their lyrics you know and uh and then i'll try and help them through and then um up to residentials and uh my last one was in february at halsey manor in uh which is a folk society uh um base down in 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 devon in somerset um and um i do a five-day one there uh, and we get uh, we limit it to I think it's 20, 20 students and uh, they come and stay for five days and we uh, you know set some tasks 
uh, talk about songs, listen to their songs, critique their songs in a group and solo. Uh, we do group tasks, we do collaborations, you know, everything really. And, um, and, and my, my approach to songwriting, like I said earlier on, it's, you know, it's kind of it's something I do, you know, it's something I was, it's a vocation for me. It's something I was born to do, I think. And, and I, I, so for a long time, I never really questioned it. I never thought about how do you do that? You know, it's like, uh, you know, you listen to, um, early Dylan, you listen to Joni Mitchell is what I always think is a good example. There's somebody who was born to do that. You know, mm. she never studied that she didn't learn how to be Joni Mitchell. She just was, you know, she just had that innate sense of what a song should be. And, and, uh, you know, and I think, um, everybody to do to, to different degrees who, who makes a, a profession of this, you know, has that kind of ability. So but a, lot, a lot of the people who come to you at the workshops don't have that. They don't have that innate sense. So they have to learn it. So, uh, and, you know, very early on, I, I tell people, look, it isn't my job to teach you how to write a pop song, a hit song. You know, if I I don't believe anybody, I don't believe anybody who tells you they can help you to write a hit song. It's not possible. You know, there is no such thing. And, you know, you only have to look at the hit songs of the last 20, 30 years to see that that's true. You know, they're they're so different. It's the time uh, there's so many different elements that make a hit song. It's not just the song. There are great songs that will never be hit songs, which are great songs, you know, but they will never be hits because they're not, you know, they, they don't have those different elements. So, um, you know, I say, forget it. If you come here to make money out of songwriting, you know, that's not my job. My job is to uh, is to make you aware of the songwriter in you, mm. you know, and uh, and help you to find that that um that person that spirit whatever you want to call them who can who can who who has that um that need to create that need to communicate uh that need to express their ideas and their feelings uh and can understand the value of that that level that form of communication because that's what's important you know that to me is what's important seeing somebody work and work and work at a song and then sit there and play it and see the response and and see the look on their faces when they realize they've made a connection you know that they've they've done what they set out to do you know i've had people come who've never written a song in their lives before i've had people come who've never played an instrument before you know and they've gone away with a song you know, because they've realized it's not about being a great musician. It's not about being a great singer. It's not about being a poet. It's about being able to express yourself. You know, we can all go, na, 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 na. You know, anybody who can go, na, 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 can write a song. Because we, that's the energy. That's the, you know, that's the sense of expression that we're all looking for. Mm. And it, it sort of linked to that then. I often ask people, what is your definition of a successful thing whether it, say, say a song for, for something you've written what makes that a success on your terms um i suppose uh well i i guess hmm, that's an interesting question what uh, um the fact that people will ask for it at gigs you know so mm -hmm. let's take it let's take a song 
for instance, you know, a, a very popular song of mine would be In Jesus Wept. You know, that's a song about First World War soldier who was executed for cowardice, but turns out he was uh, um, suffering from shell shock. So it's a story, uh, it's something that happened to a lot of people. It's a story that a lot of people can relate to, that sense of injustice and all that sort of thing. And nobody had told his story before, Harry Farr. I got in touch with his family and I wrote the song and uh, I recorded it. And I've had, um, I still get huge response to that song because people can relate to that sense of injustice, you know, um, and then they can come and talk to me about something they've heard, uh, a story they've heard about maybe a soldier or maybe maybe a, maybe a very different thing maybe maybe george floyd you know about a sense of injustice and and they can they can relate to it and they can um they can then express their feelings their opinions and it's all wrapped around that song the performance and the fact that i did that song mm-hmm. starts that starts that debate that 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 rapport you know and uh so um you know, that's, I guess that's the way I engage. That's the way I communicate with people. And, um, you know, recently I wrote, I wrote a song for about the lockdown, a song called Shine On. And, uh, you know, we made a video with, uh, we had some health workers in the video. We had some people, some patients and, and all kinds of people, you know, um, who were involved in the whole business. And, and, and I got enormous response from that, you know, and that's really satisfying. It's a uh, because you feel like you're part of a good of a good energy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, the songs I write. There, I, I, you know, I try not to. I try not to try not to slag people off if I'm not coming out with some kind of positive alternative. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, some positive message. So, so being part of a, a creative productive good energy is 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 what it's about and uh you know so i'm lucky i'm lucky i, I you know i do that for a living you know i go out and I, I i play songs and i have people come out to me and tell me telling me how much they loved it and they buy my cds all that all of that is part of the 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 completion of that of mm-hmm. that uh you know that um circle of product productivity and creativity that's that's what's good you know uh, you know what um i mean I, i've got songs i think are great songs you know i've got songs which i think are magnificent that nobody ever mentions you know and i have to live with that <laughs> <laughs> you know i have to kind of face that 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 that, that that somebody uh, that I get it or, or I see it in a very different way, and then there, then there'd be songs, um, the the popular ones that people would pick up on, and and you know there always are. So there's, I mean, I like I said earlier on, you know, about not being blighted by success. At least I don't have that uh, the one hit wonder syndrome. You know, I, I I would hate that. I would really hate that. And I do know people who have that. I know, I you know, I. I've been around long enough to 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 have seen other people mm. have hits and 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 have to go out and play their hits and really not want to you know and uh um I don't have it to that degree uh I I I can quite happily do most of my songs you know uh, pretty much all of them really um so yeah I, I uh 
I don't know if I answered your question or no, not. No, definitely. <laughs> what's, what's so cool about that is that it's such an individual thing. Um, mm. And it's not always what what you might expect from looking in. It's interesting. Um, I'd be also interested to know in in terms of the your career as an independent musician and, and being signed and all the other stuff that you mentioned. <laughs> I know the answer to this is a lot. How have things changed in terms of the industry? And... Is this a good time to be an independent musician? Um, it answer to your second question, yes. I think this is the best time in my career to be an independent musician because when I started out, it was all run by corporates. You know, it, uh, uh, if you didn't get a deal with EMI or, you know, which I did and Arista and, you know, I was chasing the record deal for the first uh, five, 10 years of my career. And, and, and um, sorry, just roughly then when yeah. are we, when are we talking then? What, when? Uh, this was, this would be uh, late seventies, early eighties. So proper record sort of label. Oh yeah. Yeah. Time. Yeah. It was all controlled by them. And, uh, um, you know, you, you, you signed on, you got a nice advance, uh, you put out a single and, you know, if nothing happened, you just disappeared again. You know, um, uh, I was in, I mean, uh, I, I was in the studio with, uh, um, uh, what was his name? Howard Jones. I don't even remember Howard Jones. You know, I remember he, they were in the studio next to us and they were doing the song and I thought, this is rubbish. You know, this is never going to do anything. And then, you know, there's a classic kind of one hit wonder. Well, he had probably had a couple of hits, but he's still out there doing them. And, um, you know, all of that stuff was, was factory made. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, it was, uh, and I was part of that for a while. But, you know, I'm so glad that stuff that ended and, um i i my my antidote to that was the panic brothers you know i i I had a duo called the panic brothers and uh we we completely kicked against all of that we we went to a small label topic actually a folk label uh in london and we became part of the alternative cabaret scene you know that whole alternative cabaret scene uh pub rock scene really blew all that out the water blew you know suddenly you know stiff records came along all those small record late well they were there already but all those labels started to get a foothold and the big corporates you know didn't have so much control anymore and then and then of course the home studios started to appear you know the four tracks and all yeah. that sort of thing and um you know we uh we cleaned up as the panic brothers we you know just two of us two guitars two part harmonies social realism meets the everly brothers is what they said and you know we toured all over we we had a fantastic time of it me and richard morton and um uh but it, it was nothing to do with the corporates it was all about it was all about uh smaller venues the edinburgh festival the london comedy festival you know all those sort of things we were doing pubs upstairs in pubs and all that sort of thing and and part and also partly the folk world as well you know the mm. folk world has kept me kept me in in bread and butter you know really um because i've always done even then when we were doing uh you know punky two-part harmonies we we were still playing the sidmouth festival you know so we were still doing all that and uh then with the with the birth of home recording you know that's when it all that's when it all changed and now you can i mean 
you know, Shine On, my the last single I put out, I recorded it on my phone, for God's sake, yeah. you know, and people write to me and say what great quality it was. And I, I did nothing, you know, I sat there and played into my phone. Uh, I mean, of course, it went to a studio and they, they did some tricks with it. But uh, but essentially, you know, the quality of recording now, I think that's made it. And also the whole, you know, the, the way social media is, Facebook, you know, um, it's all set up so that you can you can become your own dream you know if you if you know how to make it work and if you've got the the ability to you could never do you couldn't do that when i was you know when i was in my 20s and it just wasn't possible you know it wasn't you, you could um you know it's a reason why you know people like uh uh the folkies you know the folkies have always stayed on that kind of level you know uh a few of them have broken out you know fairports have broken out and become much much mm. bigger but a, a lot of the folkies have just stayed on that sort of still doing small clubs still doing sort of 200 seaters you know um because they never that 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 was that was where they uh where they were you know unless you got picked up by the by the big companies you didn't get any bigger than that you know um fairports were lucky you know they got they got they got a, a big record deal i don't know who they were with but they were with a big company um and uh you know um now you can do that all yourself you can produce that quality of video of publicity of recording you could do all of that yourself so i i would say now is the best time you know you still you still got to get a gig you know you still got to still got to get pull an audience you know uh that that hasn't changed um and that was probably easier i, I mean i would i would i would say if you back in the back in the 70s and 80s if you had a great deal and you had you had a great package then it was a lot easier to to because then you you could be a star overnight you know mm. That that's not that's not easy to do if you're an independent. You know, you kind of need that big machinery to to make that work. But so few people did it. At least now it's a much much more level playing field. Now you know there's is it you know there's only one Ed Sheeran. You know, uh, uh, thank God. <laughs> you know, Ed Ed was he was doing the little pubs and clubs in London and doing the folk clubs and stuff like that and jumping on tables and doing his thing. You know, but somebody Sony or whoever they saw they saw something big there and they made that happen you know mm. they made that happen magnificently but you know for the one ed sheeran there was one million other ed sheerans who didn't didn't get there and who are still on their you know on their facebook's now doing their acoustic guitars and you know um so it has its advantages the big the big thing but it doesn't it doesn't have a stranglehold that it used to have thank god you know the other side of that, I sort of feel like as well. I mean, I, I wasn't around for that part of the the industry, but and I do hear people talking about it with with fondness. You know, there was no streaming; you got paid for your music and all this. Like, well, yeah, but for every Rolling Stones, as you say, there was a lot of people who were on crappy deals who might have shifted a lot of vinyl, but they didn't see a lot of um, money for it, and then mm. got dropped and nothing happened. And they might have had a lot of people at the shows and stuff. But then they had a lot of people to pay. There was the record label and the plugger and the roadies. And yeah, yeah. Everything. Whereas now it can just be person with guitar or keyboard 
then it's the cottage industry of people. I mean, you need yeah. the skills to do everything in, with yourself or with a couple of people, which is different, I guess. But it is possible to – it's that thousand true fans thing that people talk about of a small but loyal following can actually support you in a way that maybe they couldn't in the past. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think live work is really important. It's really important to me. You know, yeah. um, as much as recording can – you know it can kind of it can fill the gaps when you're not there but but um and they, you know and of course things happen you know they say you make a you know you sell one cd and and 10 people listen to it or something i don't know what they're saying something like that okay. you know um but uh uh you know and you can get a lot of new fans by selling one cd but there's something about going out and doing it live that i think is uh is essential to what i do and and i think um uh you kind of have to be prepared to do that and i i I can see the people on online i can see the people on facebook and i see people doing their little zoom videos and stuff like that and i I feel i can tell which ones are going to make it and which ones aren't you know what i mean because i think you do really have to work at it like you said you have to be yeah i mean I'm, i'm very lucky that i've got katie i'm very lucky that i've got a little team behind me you know that does this but you have to learn that you have to have to you have to have your website you have to have your your you know you have to know how to work zoom <laughs> you know you've got all, all these new things are coming up and you know you've got to find the money to to, to make the record to to you know to to get the right studio all the, all the right it isn't just about writing a song you know it's, it's, it's the same as it ever was mm. but it's but what i mean is that now it's it's within everybody's reach now at one time it wasn't you just knocked on you know i, I mean i remember sending demos out to all the record companies you know uh, uh and just waiting just waiting for something to happen and it couldn't even really you know it was difficult to gig as well because you could you know unless you were on the folk circuit it was difficult to do rock gigs or anything like that because there just wasn't an audience unless you were well known so it was a Mm. this awful sort of catch-22 you know you needed you had to get the record to get the audience but then you had to get the audience to get the record you know so it's kind of um it was a, a, a tough one. I, I, I think it's better now. I think mm. it's much better now. And I think, uh, I, I think also because uh, it gives it gives those who've got the energy, and who've got the the drive, it gives them the opportunity they need. You know, the opportunities that are there. Great. Okay, Reg, I've taken an hour off you, so that's fantastic. Thank you so All much right. for taking the time to do that. Um, the single that was out recently was, was it May? The the last one that you said. Yeah, Shine On Shine came on. out in May. Yeah, so yeah. people can hear that at the moment, I'm guessing, on all Yeah, time. yeah. That's, uh, well, website is the place to go, but, uh, you know, on all the uh, Reg Muir's music on Facebook and, uh, you know, all the other places, they find me, Instagram. Fantastic. Twitter. Great. And I look forward very much to seeing what happens with the, the other projects that you'd mentioned as well. Yeah. Cheers, Robert. Thank well, you thanks so much. For, thanks for calling. See you later. Cool. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. See you next time on the Robert Lane Creative Careers podcast. If you could subscribe to the podcast, share it, like it, comment on it, review it, tell all your friends about it, all of those things would be fantastic because the more that people do that, the more that new people get a chance to hear the podcast, join the community and enjoy the content that we're putting out. You can find me at robertlanemusic.co.uk and I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as Robert Lane Music. Please get in touch. Let me know if you're enjoying the programmes and who you think I should talk to in the future. 
Thank you. Till next time, goodbye. <laughs>